Okay, I think I got it now. One! One chocolate chip cookie! A two! Two chocolate chip! <laughs> Three! Three chocolate chip cookies! Four wonderful chocolate chip cookies! Five! There are five chocolate chip cookies! Ah, 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 ah. Wisdom podcast that Alexandra loves. That's me. Uh, this podcast is all about vampires, and I have to tell you, that <laughs> I was talking to a friend about how I wanted to share some wisdom about vampires and my work with vampires, and she thought that I was talking about vampires as in the Count from Sesame Street. And I got to tell you, all of a sudden, I <laughs> I was like, I have to get, I have to somehow talk about the count from Sesame Street and I'll tell you what I had to pause this recording because I found out so much information about the count whose full name by the way is Count Von Count uh so much information that before I even get started on what we're really talking about today I just want to tell you what I discovered about Count Von Count from Sesame Street okay so first of all the count is sick y'all the count has something called, and I hope I get this right, arrhythmomania, okay? He has a, a, the count has OCD, which, okay, when you're watching as a kid, when I watched as a kid, I just thought he really liked to count, like really, really loved to count. I did not know as an OCD. Um, It just means that he, he has a strong need to count actions or objects or surroundings. And I think it's obvious, right? But how interesting that as a kid when I was watching the count count, it was so endearing and I and I love and I loved it so much. Really, friends, the count is has a has a disorder and it makes me feel a little differently about the count. Okay. All right. This is the other thing I discovered about the count. By the way, <clears throat> how I discovered this is that there's a whole wiki just for Muppets. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but I grew up on the Muppets. Um, it's called MuppetFandom.com wiki. And it's the page I start looking at was uh, the Count Von Count page. Okay. The other thing is I started questioning myself about the count, my friend had said the count was a vampire, and I started questioning because never in all the years that I grew up on Sesame Street did I see the count drink blood or or attack somebody. If somebody knows that there's a video out there the, of the count actually attacking somebody for blood, like going for the jugular, please send it to me. Please send it to the Woke Wisdom Podcast at gmail.com because, or just Woke Wisdom Podcast at gmail.com because I really, <laughs> I really want to see that. This seems to be a, a, a peaceful, non blood sucking vampire. Okay, what else do I want to share with you about the Count? Um, friends, the Count... Uh, the Count dated Susan Sarandon? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. The Count has a lot of friends. You know, there's a lot of guest stars on Sesame Street. But, you know, the Count has somebody he, he courts every once in a while called the Countess. But also... Uh, has almost successfully wooed Susan Sarandon on Sesame Street, too. So... I don't know why that's important. I don't think it's 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 as important to the subject of our podcast or not. I just want you to know that the vampires we're talking today are not the vampires like the ones you see on Sesame Street, like the Count. Also, I kind of want to hear what your best Count voices are because I know that I'm not the only person who likes to do Count impressions. 
As a matter of fact, I do count impressions a lot to teach. A lot. I work with kids a lot. And so I, I'll do count impressions to help them learn how to count. So please, so please share your count impressions with me. I want to hear them. Yeah, so, all right. So let's get into what we're here to talk about today. The wisdom that is going to be shared today. And I'm going to start with telling you a story about what happened recently. Uh, my friend called me. And I hadn't heard from her in a while. And we used to be in a community together. I used to be in the, I kind of left the community after she did. And she, I remembered that when she left, this was a couple of years ago, when she left, it was abrupt. Like she was just gone. She stopped contacting people. And you know, when that happens, I may, or, depending how close we are, I may or may not reach out, but sometimes people just need their space. Something's going on, whatever. She left. And it was great to catch up with her. We talked about, you know, meditation theories and what we're doing in the world and, uh, but the whole time I was thinking about, all I could feel was that there was something that was up. There was something that she was not telling me. Um, and there are different ways that any of us can sense that, right? Like I could feel in my body. I could, my intuition was like, there's something else. You know, there there was that feeling of there's something else she needs to tell me. There's a, another reason why she's contacting me. It's not just to catch up. And so at some point in this conversation, there's this long pause and she said words that are basically, that were basically, the reason I called was because I trust you, I love you, and I feel like I can, t- I can tell you this in confidence. And immediately, immediately, I knew. I knew what she was going to say. I knew what it was going to be about. I knew the likely suspects, and I knew why she had left our community. And side note, I just want to say, I do have permission to tell this story on this podcast. I switched up some details, and I'm not putting any names in this so that it doesn't, you know, call out or out people. And the reason I knew what she was about to say was because all of 2018 and all of 2019 and even even just a couple months into 2020, these years I have sat and talked with more women than I care to count sharing their stories of abuse, okay? Carrying secrets of abuse, especially by people being abused by people in power roles, especially in spiritual communities, creative communities, in their workplace, Okay, well, basically all communities. And um, I just, I also want to add one caveat that this doesn't just happen to women. It also happens to men. It just so happens that I work with a lot of women and, you know, my work is with women and I have a lot of women friends. So I just want to make sure that you know that I'm not saying this only happens to women. Okay, so basically she tells me that the leader in our community that we both used to be part of have been emotionally abusing her and that it had gone on for years, which I had no idea. I had no idea that this had been going on for years. Um, I don't think anybody did. I, Not that I know of. I don't think anybody did. No. And she didn't know what had been happening to her while it was happening. And it kind of woke up because at some point, another woman who had left the community before that, before I was even there, had kind of called her out and, and or called her up and mentioned something to her about this person who was abusing her. And it kind of confirmed things for her. But yet she went through this process uh, after she found out this information, she went through a process of disbelieving it and then kind of getting further in with this leader. Her eyes started to be open, but she didn't quite know how to get out of it. So she was watching this person do mind games on people and doing the same emotional abuse he had been doing to her, to other people. And... Then she started to be, when her eyes were open to it, she started to see it for what it actually was. He was, you know, sucking the life energy out of her, herself and other people. He's a vampire. And she didn't understand until that point that this is affecting her body. 
her body had continuously gotten more sick over the last year or so. And her being close to that person, she'd also <laughs> suffered huge financial losses. Um, so And so would others do this. Actually, this is one of the reasons I left the community because I felt like money was starting to be a part of the... Uh, money was starting to be a part of being connected into that community and I wasn't, I didn't think it was necessary. And so I left, I did not know there was an abuse that had gone on around that, but I guess she had experienced that. And, and this person had been sort of using her bank account and using other people's bank, bank accounts. Um, so she told me that the main feeling for her was that she had just been, it felt like she was caged. It felt like she couldn't get out, even though rationally she knew it wasn't okay what was happening. She felt like the person was literally training her life force from her, a vampire, okay? But before I could respond to her, I literally had to take a minute because it was an out-of-body experience for me, okay? We hear about this story playing out over the news and social media all over the world, especially right now in the United States. But when it happens in your own communities or to you or your friends or your clients repeatedly, I mean, it seems wild. It seems bizarre. And the things that she had been saying were so repetitive in that I had heard some of the exact same phrases from her that I heard from other people. Like this person, I'm always on the defense when I talk to this person. Uh, I always have to explain myself with this person. I feel like I'm always confused with this person, right? Um, some of the tactics this person was using, uh, isolating her from other people, uh, using uh, tactics to make her think she was crazy. And I remember being there. I had been there more than once. This conversation was also reminding me of a time when I didn't know about any of those things, just like her in that moment. And I had no idea what a narcissist was or personality disorders. I didn't know about gaslighting or deflection. I didn't know about manipulation or, t or control tactics. Yet those things were happening to me quite a bit. It was repetitive in my life. And I've dated those people. I've worked with those people. And I have been in that place of being sick and agitated and defensive and, and being used uh, and being on the phone with others who didn't understand what I was talking about because they had, they had never been exposed to it and thought maybe I was blowing things out of proportion. And, and sometimes people giving me responses that would drive me further into being close with the person who was toxic or manipulating me or whatever and causing more damage so we got to the end of the conversation i gave her some tools that she can use and we left we partnered on good terms i'm glad that she had called me and trusted me to talk to me about it and i realized how i got off the phone and i was just like feeling the best way i can describe this feeling is just stupid sick just fatigued and annoyed and frustrated and i had to be in discovery of that because I was like am I why is it about her no it's not about her it's about me it's about the fact that this happens and that's when I realized that what I'm stupid sick of <laughs> that's the feeling is that a feeling stupid sick I don't know add that to your list of feelings stupid sick of the fact that this happens that this is repetitive that's this seems to be to be manipulated abused to to have you know to give your life over to someone who is so toxic seems to be a rite of passage for so many of us in this world. I was stupid sick of that. And that these abuses happen so frequently in spiritual communities. They happen so frequently in communities where people go to heal, to seek awareness about themselves, to learn about the universe or about spirit. Um, that's the part that I just, it really, really brought me down.
So my remedy for myself is to help other people move through this and to share the wisdom that was shared with me. So on this episode, we're going to talk about just this phenomena of the wretched, which is vampires walking among us, walking among us. And this is just a little introduction. I we could talk about vampires and 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 narcissistic behavior and personality disorders and all of this stuff for many 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 episodes. This is just a little introduction. You might be listening to this episode because you like me and you like the podcast. <laughs> you might be listening to this episode because you want more information for yourself because of what you are experiencing, or you might know a friend, and that's a lot of us. We have a friend who's sort of in with somebody who's not good for them and sucking the life out of them. And we just want to know what to do and the things that we have worked have not helped. So whatever it is, just know that there's there's way there's we could go so far with this and just for the sake of this you know just over an hour long podcast we're not going to go into it very deeply i just want to talk a little bit about sort of the who's what's and why's of, of vampires tell you a few stories um and then i want to tell you a little bit about how i got out of a really toxic situation by this angel a woman this angel who helped me in a very, very simple way. It's a way that you can help someone you know who might be close in with a vampire and is having a hard time getting out or doesn't even, they might not even realize that they're in with that person. And then lastly, I had some questions that people sent in about vampires and I'm going to answer those. Right now we're in the middle of a worldwide awakening and you know we're sort of graduating into a different dimension and while this collective waking up is happening so is who we really are and all the beautiful juicy is going to arise and also all the wretched and i want us to be able to really linger in the beautiful and juicy and create from that place i would like to create the world the future from a place of integrity and beauty and love and that's impossible to do if we have so many people suffering from vampiric abuse these are things that every one of you needs to know if you don't already know about it and if you do you need to tell your friends you need to have their back okay the vampire population seems to be multiplying and it's becoming overwhelming so I want to present this to you in the hopes that you will understand how to deal with vampires and vampiric behaviors responsibly. And I just want to tell you, it's a lot simpler than it may seem, although it doesn't feel that way when you're in it. Okay, so for those of you who have gotten this far and you really don't know what I'm talking about when I say vampires, uh, first I got to tell you, the first time I heard this this term was a psychic vampire. Uh, and then I heard it as an energy vampire, just kind of like how my friend described earlier. Vampire has been paired with a lot of words to just indicate something that sucks the life force, the energy, um, or the blood, <laughs> which is your life force, um, your physical life source, so, uh, your physical life force. Um, it's basically something that a person, okay, we're talking about people, although, you know, it can be systems. There are institutions and there are systems that suck the life out of you. And I'm not going to get political here, but maybe just think about that is there a system that you're in that feels like it's sucking the life out of you it's a vampiric system no wonder we have so many vampires right there's so many books out there one of my favorites is dodging energy vampires and i'm going to the end of the podcast go back and say who wrote that book because it is one of my favorite uh 
uh, books about vampires. Uh, but read about it, educate yourself about it. I'll tell you more. I'll give you more places you can go to, to look for that information. Basically, they feed on your energy, your light, your your life force. That is a vampire. I myself was a vampire magnet for many years, and I've experienced the most bizarre manipulations and toxic behavior of mind control that I would have to do like 10 podcasts in order to cover, just scratch the surface of those experiences. But I was so lucky that I was supported by some badasses who maybe one day will show up on this podcast. And their wisdom was um, really, what it did was it ignited me to get out. And then it, it showed me how to fortify myself as someone who can see a vampire coming a mile away and know what to do about it. Now, it didn't happen overnight. Like I, I had to go through a few mistakes and missteps before I got to that place. But now I can say that those types, those vampiric behaviors don't get to me. And also people who just are straight up, they're doing it all the time. They're always co controlling, manipulating. They're always deflecting. They're always gaslighting. Those people don't get close to me anymore. That takes time. And I, and I hope that if you are somebody who's like me who has attracted many vampires in their life or maybe is in it now, just know that I am a, a success story in that way and that it can change and it will change, all right? Just listening to this podcast alone will hopefully give you something that will help you in the future, okay? So when I'm working with women creating their lives and we work on their emotions, spiritual foundations, 90% of the women I'm working with are recovering from some sort of manipulative relationship, toxic re relationship, uh, a vampire that they were with, and some are coming after being fed on from a vampire for years, 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 buried in exhaustion and confusion. And um, and again, I want to say I work with women, but I know this happens to men as well, okay? Everybody is included in this. And I have seen vampires, like I said before, in spiritual positions, in power positions. I've seen vampire gigolos and Casanovas, um, you know, juggling multiple partners and taking people into financial ruin you know if you can bear to pay attention you'll notice a lot of corporations operate on very manipulative and toxic um principles uh so in themselves you know they might not be a vampire but they have a lot of vampiric qualities look the point is that they're everywhere and they can be anywhere and another reason why this is so important is because they hold power positions over you and me and they represent us and they make decisions that affect all of us that's why you need this wisdom that's why we need to talk about this okay so let's start talking about the who and the what so i'm talking about people with habitual toxic behaviors like manipulation bullying unaccountability unable to uh, unable to experience empathy I'm talking about the person at work that seems to find any way possible to cut you down over and over again. It happens all the time. It's not just something that happens once or twice. It's not that person at work that treats you poorly for a month because they're going through a hard time, even though it's not appropriate. Um, I'm not talking about the person, you know, your friend that, um, you know, is going through a divorce and they say nasty things to you or maybe gaslight you a couple times, even though that's something that I'd be very careful of. I'm talking about people who are doing this all the time in every facet of their life. Okay, those are vampires, all right? Uh, maybe you have a friend who keeps changing your agreements without your knowledge and then blames and punishes you for not knowing, and it happens all the time, okay? It can be a family member. It can be a family member who interacts with you based only on their nasty assumptions of you and untrue assumptions of you and is always punishing you and guilting you and shaming you. That's a vampire. 
All right. And here's a good one. I know many of you have experienced this. It could be the troll on social media that just keeps coming back. It's, it's like the same person and they, they have all their syrupy sweet things they say to school you and tell you to check yourself and, and tell you that your story isn't really your story or says things to isolate people from you. It's, you know, that troll that just keeps coming back because you haven't blocked them yet for some, <laughs> for some reason. Oh, I've had a lot of those, but I learned. I learned. All right. So we're talking about people who have these behaviors that are doing it over and over again. And, and if you call them out or you say something and they don't respond to what you're saying, they don't understand, they disrespect you, they insult you for pulling out this boundary or they're, or they're, um, or they're isolate, trying to isolate themselves from you or not showing up for you to have a conversation and you feel like you need to defend yourself or you're confused all the time when you're talking to them or you feel drained, especially if you feel drained or you dread interacting with them, you're always apologizing, your self-esteem is dropping, you might even feel it in your body, you probably feel it in your body, especially for you empaths out there. I think you're getting the picture. This is These are the things that happen that you can know that you're dealing with a vampire. Okay, it's a whole bunch of puzzle pieces. Everything that I just said, all these things together. So mostly they just drag your ass into darkness and suck out your light. Okay, <laughs> just remember that. So where are they? They're everywhere. They're at your work. You date them. You might even be married to them. Okay, they're in spiritual communities. They're at your workplace. They're in institutions. They are wearing orange robes sometimes. They are showcased in, in high ranks in your industry. They can be masters of smoke and mirrors and still be winning awards. They can be your girlfriend. They can, they can be anywhere. Okay. And side note, why am I using the terminology vampires instead of say narcissist or psychopaths? Okay. So I've, I've had a lot of experience with this in my life with these types of behaviors and characteristics, and I'm not a psychologist and I don't have a degree, um, like a degree to diagnose. My job isn't to diagnose. And I, in the past, I used to call all toxic people, all manipulators, narcissists. Okay. Fly off my tongue really quick. <laughs> And if you, if you, you'll catch it when you listen to people, they'll just be like, oh, that person's a narcissist or this person is crazy. And you might, okay, you're going to, you're going to hear it a lot during breakups. People do this all the time. Oh, that person's a narcissist, you know, or that person's a psychopath. And you know, the clothes get thrown, the doors get slammed, the texts get texted. <laughs> you may have said the words yourself. So as life went on, I gained this new wisdom and learned that, that not everybody who is toxic to me or gaslights me or um, practices deflection or is, is manipulative is a narcissist. Sometimes, sometimes it's a personality disorder, sometimes a different personality disorder. Sometimes it's, it's a, some other condition or disorder. Sometimes it's because of a childhood trauma. So uh, sometimes it's worse. Sometimes it is that they're a bloody psychopath. Okay. So that, you know, it can be anything. The point is, is that really, if we're going to change the world with this wisdom, what is important to recognize is when toxic and toxic manipulative behavior is affecting you and how it affects you. It doesn't matter if the world knows that this person is a vampire. For our purposes right now, it's just about you. Okay. Is it draining you? Is it hurting you? Is it consistent? Is the person that is doing this is they, are they taking accountability? Are they able to talk about it? Are they turning it back on you? All you need to know, know is, is this a person, a vampire to you? Okay. And I'll, I'm going to say this one three times. Vampires hate boundaries. They hate them. Vampires hate boundaries. They hate them. Vampires 
hate boundaries. They hate them. It makes them shrivel. Because when you have a boundary, they can't get your life force energy, okay? And some of them are more clever than others. Some of them will let you know right then and there. They'll, they'll rage out and be like, when you're trying to put up a boundary, they'll rage out and they won't like it. And you'll you'll know real quick that this person is is a vampire and then some of them are you know they'll listen but you'll notice you'll notice some of their next actions with you and you're in the in the next week or so or next month or so is to break down the boundary that you that that's like their main focus is to break down the boundary that you may have just put up so let's talk about the why well okay there's uh, this might get a little woo woo for some of you but i'm going to talk about it from a spiritual perspective perspective and look if you research this stuff you're gonna see when people are talking about vampires energy vampires are talking about talk to people possibly personality disorders possibly lack of empathy like i was saying it before or they don't have practice empathy or they have childhood trauma or they have a head injury so on all right but while i know that all this may be true i also want to you to consider that there is a light and a shadow side of all of creation and the shadow and the light side are always at play in creating new balances with each other. And if one is in the darkness of the shadow for a while, it would create like a welcoming space for all the shadow aspects within that person and that person's spirits and the, inner, the dark energies around them to play and build more in the dark. And look, sometimes we have seasons of our life when everything seems like it's in the shadow and yet we always have the choice to bring in our light wherever we are. So just consider that perhaps these vampires, okay, and this is, again, this is from a spiritual perspective. These are people who are living in the darkness. They are not able to bring in their own light. They're not able to receive light in a, in a way that's balanced. And so they manipulate you into your own darkness and they put out your light okay? They're agents of, of the shadows of the universe because that's, I mean, that's where they're living. So it's no coincidence that vampires have a preference to those individuals who have a lot of light, who are really open, who are really powerful in their hearts, okay? Vampires are not able to create this light for themselves is what I'm saying. They need to suck the light energy out of you. Again, I know I've said this like already five times in this podcast, but they're sucking everything out of you. Your light, your life force energy, they're throwing dirt on you as as one of my spiritual teachers would say. They're just like shovels, just shovels of dirt on you. And as you know, for those of you who've experienced a vampire or a manipulative person or a toxic person, when can it happen? This is the when. Anytime, all the time. They're always working. They're agents of darkness. This is what they do. This is how they live. And in this world that's being created, where there's so many vampires running rampant everywhere, uh, destroying our land, uh, destroying people, holding offices, I would love to create a place in which we are so clear on what this is and how they operate that they don't hold any power positions in our lifetime. And that starts with each one of us, right? Learning to eradicate our attachments to vampires ruling our life. Uh, it's all going to start with your ability to do something about this. And that in itself, you doing that will inspire others. And when you start to clear your life of vampires, you get your energy back. You get your vitality back. You feel grounded again. You feel clearer to make choices for yourself and your family, you get your sanity back. And in some occasions you find more money because a lot of situations, vampires are just, you know, leeching money out of your bank accounts. It's happened. It happened to me. <laughs> it's happened to a lot of people. So especially if you attract vampires frequently, it'll give you such 
an esteem boost. Okay. And you're worthy of that to feel like yourself again, to feel like your dreams and your life are more accessible. Your light will be shining so bright that people will see. And when your light returns and we need that, we need you and your light, you'll be fully awake to experience and enjoy this life. And you'll be able to serve the purpose of your soul. Okay. You are not a feeding ground for bloody vampires. Uh, and I don't think it's necessary to attempt to lock them all up, right? That's I'm not calling for some sort of vampire um, round up. Although I know that there are many people who fit this, categories, this category that, you know, maybe they should be away from society. You know, it's case to case. But And over and over again, I see people sort of calling them out um, on social media, um, within communities. And I've seen it in times when it's necessary and it was done really well. And I've seen times in which the public call out does not go well and it backfires and it ends up that the people who are hurt from the vampire the most get even more hurt and the vampire themselves is not held accountable for anything at all. So take that how you will. I have been in situations before where several people came to me who had all been affected by the same person in the community and they all were like, let's call them out. Let's, you know, hang them out to dry. Let's blast their picture and what they did in the stories all over social media. Let's call them, let's confront them, all of that. And even though there was a part of me that was like, yeah, we should do that. Cause I was affected by this person too. Um, the, I felt as if it wouldn't really solve anything. It would just, you know, it, it turned into, he said, she said, because people don't really, when they're looking at it from the outside, they don't really totally understand how someone could act, could uh, be so toxic and so manipulative if they haven't experienced it with that person or they don't know them or they have never seen it themselves. And that happens all the time. You can have one person in a community who's a vampire who is just screwing five, six people, seven people, maybe just one person in a community. They're sucking the light out of that person. They're they're doing all the manipulative, toxic, whatever stuff with that person. And they are so nice to everyone else. They're so gentle with everyone else. They're, they're so loving with everyone else. That happens all the time. Uh, before, before people knew, and this is something I actually remember reading in that book, Dodging Energy Vampires, before uh, people really understood um, how we understand personality uh, disorders today and narcissism today, uh, there would there was many cases of people going in, couples, and, you know, the wife would go in and say, you know, this person's, basically they were saying they're deflecting, they're gaslighting, they're isolating me, and they weren't using those words, but they were saying those things, and the narcissist, the vampire, okay, was so good at their skills of um, love bombing, their skills of grooming, their skills of acting as if they are a person of integrity and uh, respect and healthy, that they were even tricking therapists. And people would go to these these therapy sessions and end off worse than when they started. And this happens in, I can't tell you how many times that this has been part of that con phone conversation where the person who has experienced the abuse, no one in their community or very few people in their community believe that it's happening with that person. No way. No way. Can't happen with that person. They're so awesome. They're so hot. They're so nice to me, you know. So so that's why it's important to 
know that if you're in a situation where you feel like this person needs to be called out publicly, if you feel like you're in a group of people who want to all call somebody out publicly, just really first take care of yourselves. First take care of yourselves and and then start to talk about what's the best, if you really feel like you need to call it out to the world, start talking about the best way, what your intentions are and you know protect yourselves always. And lastly, of course, if you're in a situation where you're dependent on someone who is toxic to you, is manipulative to you, who is running through your bank accounts, if you if you feel like you're sort of dependent on that person, then seek professional help. If you feel like you can't get to professional help, there are 1-800 numbers that you can call. I'll post one of them in the show notes at the end of this podcast. Now I'm going to tell you a story of how I got away from one of the most powerful vampires I've experienced in my life. And I'm not going to get into all the details of um, how we met or who we were to each other or any of those things. I can talk about all those things uh, later. What I really want to, the point I really want to get across is what someone said to me and how they interacted with me so that I could get myself out. They sort of handed me the power. And I think that there's probably many ways to do this. Everybody's different. Every situation is different. And so I'm going to give you a little a little background of how this came to be. This person and I were in what I would call a good friendship. We'd known each other for some time. And we were in a community practicing a skill together. And we knew different groups of people and some of the same people within this community. And I had started noticing characteristics and behaviors in this person that I just wasn't aware of before, or maybe they were heightened because we were in the community. I'm not totally sure why I hadn't noticed them before. I found out later that I didn't know the terms of the time, but what I was experiencing was narcissistic rage, a lot of gaslighting, deflection, isolation, a lot of manipulative behavior. And I, the thing is, is I don't think that that person knows that they were doing that. I, I think that that is how they are with everyone and that they are proud of how they act with everyone. And that that's just what it is for them. For me, it started to be that I was always exhausted. I was never, I was always doing something wrong with that person. I felt like I was apologizing all the time. I was really getting drained. It affected, it started to affect my, my stress level, which affected my weight. I, and this went on, my realization of some of these things went on for the last couple of years of our relationship. And when I started to approach the relationship and say, hey, I've noticed these things, you know, like you would with any healthy relationship where something was not working well, you could approach the relationship and say, hey, I've noticed these things. Have you noticed them? Hey, this isn't working for me. Have you noticed? And every time those conversations happened, it was, I was doing something wrong. I was overreacting. It had to do with something else that was going on in my life. It was, it was never that person really listening to what I was saying or taking accountability. Anyway, so all this is happening. This person was a vampire in my life. I didn't know it. And what the difference between our relationship before and in these last two years was that we were in a community that was watching us. We were in a community where other people were close in and seeing, oh, you know, experiencing what wasn't working, <laughs> what was not working between us. And several times from several different sort of cliques, from several different sort of social circles within this community. So not everybody talked to each other in this community, we just all kind of knew of each other. People from different 
sort of groups in this community would say to me like anything from this person's insane to this person is dangerous to you shouldn't hang out with this person and I didn't want to believe it I was always at this person's defense down to the dying day I was like no you just don't understand this person you know and it finally came to a head where this person was starting to invade into was starting to their behaviors was starting to affect my enjoyment of the skill that we were learning at the same time it was starting to really invade parts of my life the, their behaviors, their toxic behaviors, their draining my energy. What, I was getting to a point where I just felt sick, like physically and emotionally and mentally sick all of the time. And it was affecting the one thing that brought me a lot of enjoyment, which was the skill that, that we were learning. And so I wasn't able to hear all the things other people were saying. I was like taking note of it, but I was having this sort of slow blooming thing of, oh, this can be fixed. Oh, you know, this person is just, just like anybody, just like anybody else in your life where they go through a hard time or they might be an asshole for a little while or whatever. I thought that this was a phase. I did not understand that this is who this person was. I, I was new. I did not have the terms. I didn't understand how toxic this actually was to me. And I remember this angel, this woman who saw what was going on. She was a counselor. She saw what was going on. She knew what it was. She knew what he was. And she knew what I was, right? So you had, I'm an empath. I'm, I'm super sensitive to an empath. And he was definitely a vampire. She didn't know him well enough to make a diagnosis. But everything that he was doing was in line with being a narcissist. We're going to call him a vampire though, okay? So she would... Every once she befriended me and we would talk sometimes and every once in a while I'd vent and I'd be like, I swear I had this conversation with this person. I don't understand how this was the outcome. I'd be so, I was so confused because all I was doing was stating a boundary and this person didn't understand. And then maybe it's my fault. And all, you know, I just kind of vent to her, like, this is what's going on. These bizarre interactions where I was getting gaslit and I was, and this person was deflecting. I was feeling like I was insane. And she would say, she would give me these, what I call rungs. And this is what you want to do for somebody who is in deep and they're not going to therapy. They're not recognizing what's going on and you want to help them. But you know, the more you talk about it, the more that they are, you know, going to back off you and not want to talk to you. She gave me these cues that were like rungs on a ladder to help me climb out. And they were so simple and she was so unattached to what the answer was. And she'd ask them every once in a while. This went on for a course of a few months. I'd be sitting there and I'd kind of be venting. I'd be like, this situation happened. I feel like I'm crazy. Like, I feel like I'm always pissing this person off. I feel like, you know, I feel like I asked a really simple question and this person just went off and, you know, went off on my life and, you know, overanalyzed me and, you know, just made such a big deal of something that I never answered the question. And she would ask me this question. She'd say, does that seem like an appropriate or a healthy response? That's it. And then I'd be like, at first I'd be like, no, it doesn't. And then I'd convince myself because I was so under this manipulation. I convinced myself that, no, I'm wrong. And maybe, maybe I'd make all the excuses for this person and blah, blah, blah. And so then she'd ask me that question again. Maybe like a, a couple weeks later, something else would happen because it was constant with this person. It, there was always something that this person, this vampire was having an issue with, right? It was always a fight. It was something. And she'd ask me again. And, and the next time it was like this cue that just made 
made me realize like, no, it's not healthy or appropriate. And every time she asked, I got more and more solid in my, no, it's not healthy. It's not okay. It's not appropriate. And I finally got to a point where, where even when I was in the situation with this person, with a vampire and I'd, and I'd say, Hey, why are you yelling at me? I'm trying to answer your question. I don't understand why you're yelling at me or why we can't have a disagreement without it being a fight. And I could see it happening in front of me because I, I could see how inappropriate and how toxic it was right in front of me just because she had asked me that question. Another question that she asked me, and these questions, these cues, literally like when I say rungs on a ladder, I mean that so powerfully because it was like I was stuck in this deep hole of toxicity and dirt and and uh, emotional sort of heaviness. And when I started to master the answers to these questions, these these uh, these answers were basically cueing into my instincts. No, this is not healthy or appropriate. My instincts are being like, ding, ding, ding. Yes, we've been trying to tell you that forever. Just climb up, climb out. You don't have to deal with this anymore. Not from this person or anybody else, right? Another question she would ask me is, do any of your other friends treat you this way? <laughs> and that was a really hard one to sort of dance around. Like I said before, when she asked these questions, at first I'd try to make excuses for the vampire or try to paint it in a way where this person didn't. Because, you know, I I defended this person until the end. I thought that we were such good friends, even despite the community around me being like, get out, <laughs> right? And I would just sit there. I remember when she asked me that question, do any of your other friends treat you this way? I just didn't have an answer because no, none of them did. Not a single one. And it made me realize over time. And she, again, when she asked me these questions, it was so simple. It was just like we'd be at, you know, a party or an event or hanging out. And I'd say something about what just happened with the vampire in my life. And she'd listen. And then she kind of like turn her head to the side and then she just deliver, deliver the question so gently. And then whatever my reaction was, she'd be like, huh. And then she changed the subject and that was it. It was, it was just like such a simple, beautiful thing she did for, she kind of, she saved my life. And over time I realized not only do none of my friends, do I ha not have this problem with any, any of other my friends in any other part of my life, but also the vampire had so many complaints about me and so many ways that they saw me, so many labels for me, so many uh, thing, uh, behaviors that they said I did or characteristics they thought I had that were all big problems and unsavory and immature and w whatever, whatever the complaint was, that nobody in any other part of my life thought that I had or was or had a problem with them if it came up at all. It was as if this vampire had just painted a picture of me of who I was and how I acted and, who, and how I behaved. And they were the only ones who could see it. And you know what? Maybe they were experiencing these things because I was at my very lowest and my very most drained with that person. So that was a second question that she asked me that really helped me see the truth of what was going on in front of me. And the last question she asked me, and I loved this question was, well, how long are you going to let that go on? How long do you want that to go on? 
And again, delivered just nonchalantly. And she'd asked me like every other time we hung out or, you know, every couple of months. And the answer always, because I was always drained. It was always a fight with this person. It, I never knew which way was up. I was always confused. I felt really manipulated. The answer always was I, not at all. I don't want ever this. I don't want this to go on again at all. Like I want this to stop now. And as I kept answering that for myself, that simple answer that just kept going, that just kept being the same, I should say, really helped me get to that point where I was like, no, I'm done. No one treats me like this. Nobody thinks about me this way so lowly. The way they treat me is not appropriate. And I don't want it to go on at all. And I got to that point where when I mastered just those three things for myself, I was out. And I never looked back. And that was the most helpful. That was such a simple way. And it's a way that you can use when you are with your friends who are dealing with vampires and they don't want to hear it from you. And every time you talk to them, it seems that, or try to pull them out, try to get them to go to therapy or whatever. And if you are not a therapist or a psychotherapist or somebody who's trained to deal with this stuff, these are ways that you can help that person move on from being in with a vampire. Oh, I'm so grateful. I have so much appreciation for this woman who is an angel in my life. I am so happy she was there right at the perfect time. All right, here we go. Questions. Now, I just want you to know, just to just in case you don't know, is that I am not a doctor. I am not a psychiatrist or therapist or an MD. I am not those things. My experience and my skill is in coaching and spiritual guidance. Uh, I will always be taking the perspective of your healing, of your best self, of you creating what you want by being exactly who you are. Uh, and I can only answer questions and give advice according to what's in front of me. Now, if I had you in a session, it would go a little differently than what you would hear from me uh, on this podcast. On this podcast, you're going to get, you know, quickie advice. It's, it's like a quickie. And if you want to send in questions and if you uh, send in questions or feedback or whatever, you can email us at wokewisdompodcast at gmail.com. That's wokewisdompodcast at gmail.com. Or you can text in your questions at our phone number. We have a phone number for the podcast right now. I'm so excited about that. It is 601-301-6974. And both of the, all of that information will be in the show notes. Okay, here we go with the first question. Okay, here we go with the first question. And this is in, this first question is in regards, because I asked on, on a Facebook, uh, on a Facebook wall, what are your questions about energy vampires? So when this person's asking this question, this particular question, they are responding to what are your questions about energy vampires? When they say them, they're talking about energy vampires. Okay. So the question is what keeps them going? Energy is high in these people like running on speed or high doses of coffee or drilling or trauma responses. <laughs> Do you find them to fall in this category of sort of an energizer bunny? You know, the truth is I've seen, I've seen, I've experienced, I've dated, I've worked with, I've seen in other people's lives and been in communities with people that I would classify as energy vampires. And I've seen ones, I've seen vampires that are super high energy. I've seen that a lot. And I've seen them that are super low energy and, and some in the middle, you know, I would say what, well, the first part of the question, what keeps them going is they're feeding on other people's energy. That is what keeps them going. It is the only thing that keeps them going. So if I was experiencing somebody who I knew I detected as an energy vampire, I would say that if they are like high energy and high speed, 
than like, <laughs> like they've been drinking a lot of coffee, I would, one, I would steer clear of them anyway. But first, to me, one of two things could be going on. They could be looking for people to groom, for people to love bomb, for, for people to prey upon. Um, or they're getting a, or they are attached and they've, they've just had a feeding. And it's interesting, you know, when we talk about energy vampires and when I'm saying things like feeding and feeding off of you, that's quite literally energetically what they are doing. It's as if it's like when you go to the forest and you, you see those shunts and they stick them in the tree and then all the sap starts just running out, just, you know, running out. That's what energy vampires energetically are doing to people. And when they have a good supply, you know, I've known like Casanova vampires who are, um, who are seeing three or four women and, and sucking the energy out of them all at the same time. And they have a lot of energy, right? Um, so I would say one of two things going on. Either they're, they're like, they don't have a supply and they're looking for one and they need one right now, like an addict <laughs> or, or they have a really good supply and and they're high energy and full of all the light and power and life force they've sucked out of somebody else so do i find them to fall in this category sort of energizer bunny i think sometimes i've witnessed it and sometimes you know not so much okay uh thanks for that question it's a really good question uh okay second question in regard to the post and this is a post i made about you know energy vampires what do you think what do you do when the vampire is your dad where do you draw the lines between family ties loyalties and one's own mental health and life balance and is it your responsibility to help open others eyes to their toxicity or should you let others draw their own conclusions wow this is like the holy grail of questions for this subject because it's this is the issue that a lot of people find themselves in vampires are sometimes in our families Sometimes there are brothers, sisters, dads, or moms. Uh, sometimes they're the person we live with. Sometimes they're the person we're married to. And that that's that's when it becomes really challenging to deal with them. So, so I want to go to this part of the question when the person is saying, where do you draw the line between family ties and loyalty and one's own mental health and life balance? Your mental health and your life balance are first, especially if you could be in a situation where other people depend on you or your business depends on you. Um, everything in your life, everything in your life depends on your mental health and your life balance. So that's the first thing, no matter if it's, if you're dealing with a vampire who's in your family or not, the very first thing is your mental health. Always. I would, if I was in that situation where it was my dad, I'm not luckily, but if I was in that situation, the first thing I would do is, was go to therapy or coach or whatever, you know, whatever it is for you. Sometimes therapy is not the way for some people. Sometimes going to coaching or guidance is not the way for people, whatever it is, finding your, finding your mental health and your balance. And it's okay that in doing that to bow out, you can bow out of your family a little bit. If, if your family's arranged that in that way where you can just let people know, like I'm doing things to take care of myself or I have a lot, you know, tell them whatever I have, I have work to do. And, and that work that you're doing is on yourself, find your balance and get your mental health and let the people who really care about you and the people who support you around, you know, what you're trying to do. If that, if you feel comfortable with that, if that feel, if you can trust people around you, that is always the first thing. As far as loyalty goes to and family ties, I am very cut and dry about that. The loyalty and the family ties, my loyalty is to me. If I had kids in my own family, that's where my own loyalty would be. Uh, but 
I've come to a point in my life where it is not worth suffering any abuses for anyone, whether it be in my own family or in my best friends or somebody I've known for 20, 30 years. My protection, my joy, my heart, my safety is number one. And when it comes to breaking into a, a place of letting your family know that your dad may be a vampire or narcissist or toxic, toxic or manipulative. Mm, is it your job? Eh? Maybe, maybe not. Every situation is, is very different. It's the kind of thing where when you've really taken care of yourself and you feel stable and you have people at your back, meaning like you have a support team, whether it's whether it is uh, if you're in a partnership or you have a best friend that you can talk to about this or a therapist or, you know, whoever you're working with, that's when you start asking yourself those questions. Do I need to tell my sister? Do I need to approach my mom? And is the approach that, you know, is the approach that I'm going to name the dad as a vampire? Or is the approach... I've noticed these behaviors and these characteristics. It makes me feel this. It affects my life this way. Therefore, I have to take a step back from being close with the dad. And I, I feel like that is the better thing. Instead of naming them and saying, you know, this person I believe is a narcissist or this person I believe is a vampire or whatever, it, you know, whatever it is in that you see that person as. The better thing would be to make it about you. And just let the people around you know, like, I can't deal with this anymore because I notice these things. And leave it to them to see those things about that person or not. Now, sometimes it's true that, you know, if it's a parent and we still have maybe a sibling in the house or, or you know, say it's your dad and then the mom is still in the house and you feel like that person is in danger, then one, get yourself right, okay? Get yourself, have people at your back, get support, and maybe do what happened for me when that counselor came to me and just kind of gave me rungs of a ladder and get yourself in a position where you can talk to the other people being affected by that vampire, if the dad is a vampire, and just say, hey, does that seem healthy to you? Uh, is there anybody else in your life who speaks to you that way? Does mom speak to you that way? Maybe she does, maybe she doesn't. I don't know. Uh, so I hope that answers your question. Get yourself right. I'm sorry if the vampire is your dad. For I should have said that first of all. I'm sorry if you've had that experience, especially if you've had that experience for a lifetime. That that sucks, and I'm really glad that you're asking questions about it. Um, so get yourself right first, your mental health and life balance right first. Step away and just let people know you're stepping away. You don't have to tell them the reason why. Uh, step away from your family if you need to do that for yourself. And as far as it, is it your responsibility? I mean, no, it is not your responsibility. However, if you feel as if you really need to do something, then, then be clever about it and give people rungs so they can be empowered for themselves. Just like what happened with me and that woman I said earlier in the, in the podcast, people will come to their own conclusions and, I, there's been many times when I've walked away from situations involving vampires and they had all the support of a community behind their back 
And then I hear a year later, two years later, all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, that's why she, or they'll contact me and I'll have that conversation. Like I started this podcast with, or they'll be like, that's, you know, they'll be like, I didn't understand what you were saying. Or this person was talking so much shit behind your back because they hated you so much and I didn't get it. And now I get why it's, it's because you have boundaries with them and blah, 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 you know? Um, so people will eventually see it. And sometimes just you walking away and taking care of yourself, just you developing the skills so that you can deal with the vampiric behaviors of your dad, being able to not be rattled by them, being able to not have your life controlled by them or lose sleep, too much sleep over them. The siblings around you or the family around you or the friends or maybe even the mom will start to see it and it it will be like a, a lighthouse. You'll be like a lighthouse. They'll be like, oh, that person is is still able to enjoy their lives. That person isn't taken down by this person. And and I also want to add that at the end of this podcast, uh, I do have a couple of blog posts. Uh, at the end of this podcast, I'll refer you to all the things that you can do to help yourself, all the very specific things you can do to help yourself with this situation. That was a really great question. I really appreciate it. Okay, and the last question we have is, my friend is depressed and is very evident because nearly every text I get from her, regardless of the content, is negative. It's not directed to me, but it's hard because for myself, 90% of the time I try to see the positive, even in situ- shitty situations, the mentality of, yes, this sucks now, but, okay, I totally get that. I love that attitude. You know how it goes. I can't tell her to stop being a Debbie Downer because it's obvious that she needs support. How would you go about doing that without, one, being sucked into a negative vortex, vortex? Two, trying to promote a positive attitude without seeing overbearing. Oh my God, I love you. Such great boundaries. Okay. I love that you are so self-aware and wanting to be a friend and wanting to be supportive, but also not wanting to, you know, take anything away from this person and also protect yourself. Those are great boundaries to have for yourself and, and with the other person. Um, and the reason, the reason I t- chose this question is because one thing that I want to make real clear is that there's a difference between somebody going through a really hard time and draining you and maybe sucking the life out of you for a short period of time and somebody who's always doing it and somebody who can't talk about it and somebody who's punishing you for even bringing it up. There's a difference. Sometimes we can have like vampiric tendencies or perform in a way that feels vampiric to somebody, but it doesn't necessarily make us a vampire. So what I would do uh, first, how do you go about, sorry, let me go back. I can't tell her to stop being a Debbie Downer because obviously she needs support. Uh, how would you go about doing that without being suck in, sucked into a negative vortex? Well, one is just taking kind of an energetic measure. Can this person handle me saying something about this negative attitude? And if you feel like they can, lay it out to them straight with a, a clear intention of love. I know that this is hard right now and I hear how this is hurting you. And if I were in your position, what I would do is try to find the, the positive. Do you want to hear how I would do that if I was in your position? That, that's one way. Another way could be, hey, I hear that this is a really hard time for you. It's, it's you know, I understand that you're feeling really negative right now. I wonder, do you want me to give advice? Do you want me to listen? Uh, do you want me to 
do something. Or sometimes it's just, do you want me to listen or do you want me to give advice? And depending on what they say, you'll kind of know where they are. If it's just, I just want you to listen, then you know that that person who's in that negative space just wants you to listen to a lot of negativity. In which case, you can then make the decision to put a timer on it, not be as available for it, right? Uh, take a step back and say, okay, I'll listen to this for, you know, you don't have to tell them that, but you can be like, you can say to them, okay, I've, I have about 10 minutes that we can, you know, we can talk or you can put distance. I do this all the time, put distance in your texts. So if they're texting you, you can just not text them back for a while. You know, oftentimes we, we get sucked into to texting that doesn't quite fit our energy and brings us down when we're, when we're quickly texting each other back and forth. Sometimes it's don't text that person back that day and just let it sit for a while. And then, you know, maybe a couple t days later or just say, I'm acknowledging I got the sex. I know you're having a hard time. I'll get back to you when I can fully focus on what's going on here. So a lot of tactics for dealing with this kind of thing is just slow things down, especially when somebody's swimming in negativity, because I can tell you nine times out of 10, when somebody's negative all the time, you probably aren't the only one they're texting. They're probably texting a lot of people the same stuff over and over again. They're sort of like seething around in that story. They're not moving on. Or if, unfortunately, if you are the only one, they're getting addicted to being in that exchange with you. And that's not something that you you want to do. Maybe that's happening a little bit. It's not something you want to, not where you want to stay. <laughs> as far as the trying to promote a positive attitude without seeming overbearing, that's really internal gauge of, is it appropriate right now to to give her that? Could she actually even hear that if I if I try to do that with her? Again, going back to, do you want me to give advice? Is it okay? For, are you in a position where you could say this is what I would do in your position? And and you can present that in a way of this is what I would do, but I don't know if it's right for you. Do you want to hear it? I would try to you know be more positive. Another thing that you can do, and I do this with people all the time, is when they get stuck in a negative place. When I do create distance and I, I do try to find some some way to give them the information of this is what I would do. Do you want to hear it? Do you want advice? Do you want me to just to listen? Uh, is memes. I know this sounds so ridiculous, but with some people, what they get from me is memes that will make them laugh. And it's it's a really <laughs> it's it's just one thing you can do. It doesn't work with everybody, but it's just one way to show the person that you care, that you're you're interested in, in positivity, and that this is the way that you want to, uh, this is where I stand. I stand in a place of like, I'm looking for funny stuff to laugh at, and I want to share it with you. And they'll let you know, you'll see by their reactions of the memes, whether or not it's, they can meet you there. Sometimes they just don't know that they can meet you in a more positive place. Ultimately, whether you're dealing with somebody who's just going through a hard time and maybe draining you a little bit or a full on vampire who that's their way of life and you're losing your life force always and forever, you want to protect yourself first. You want to be in balance. You want to know that you're not going to lose your life force energy, your finances, your self-esteem because of your interaction with somebody. Yeah, yeah. Those are good questions. I uh, I really appreciate those. And uh, keep sending them in. Wokewisdompodcast at gmail.com or 6013016974.
that's it. That's the end of episode two. Thank you so much for joining me. I wanted to refer you to a couple of things. If you're looking to know more about vampires and what you can do and how you can spot them. Uh, one, that book I was talking about is called Dodging Energy Vampires, an impasse guide to evading relationships that drain you and and restoring your health and power is by Dr. Christine Northrup. It's really good. It's also an audiobook. It's one of my favorites. There's a few out there, but this is definitely one of my favorites. Very simple and easy to understand. The other thing is my blog and alexanderloves.com. I write about vampires a lot. And two of the articles that will be coming out in the near future is how to get rid of vampires and the top 10 vampire behaviors. When that actually comes out, I'll tack it to the end of this podcast in the in the show notes so you can go right to it. But if you're listening to this podcast freshy fresh, meaning before, you know, like April, then uh, you're not going to be able to find it because my website's being redone. It's not going to come out until the end of March or maybe beginning of April. So um, if you want to really get your hands on that in the next in the next like three weeks or so, just email me at wokewisdompodcast at gmail.com and I'll and I'll send you sort of a skeleton of that just so you can know what to look up and um, and where to refer yourself to if you're really into this subject. Okay, I think that's it. Please, if you enjoyed this podcast or helped, I humbly ask that you take a moment to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can do that anywhere you're listening to the podcast. And thank you for joining me, beings. And thank you to my spirits and ancestors. I look forward to our next meeting. Bless every single moment of your day. Mm-hmm.